This is episode 43 of the Soul of Sensitivity podcast. I'm your host, Anna Holden, the resident intuitive healer and witch at SensitivityUncensored.com. Each new and full moon, I bring you the voices of sensitive, empathic, and creative pioneers starting conversations to lift up the voices of sensitive souls who have a piece of the solution to help all of us evolve out of the limiting patriarchal structures that bind us and start to create a new world that values us all. This is the Soul of Sensitivity. Welcome back, everyone, and thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I have an interview today with a fantastic artist, Claire Mack, who made and created the Illuminated Earth Oracle deck, the deck that I've been using on this podcast, the deck that I've been just raving about. I got to sit down and have a conversation with her and record it for all of you, which I am so excited about, because in it, we talk about the magic that comes from intuitive creativity. What happens when we allow ourselves to get in that flow state to essentially get our ego selves out of the way and allow for that spiritual information to come through us in different forms. And it was so fun to talk to Claire about this because although I don't do this in art form, it's something that I do in my readings both my intuitive um, clairvoyant readings, but also in my card readings. And it's it was just really fun to compare how magic works through us. So we're going to be getting to that conversation in just a minute. But let's situate us. We have a full moon here. Happy full moon, everyone. I'm recording this the day before the full moon. So we're almost at full moon as I'm recording this. And our full moon is going to be in Libra. Early in the morning, if you're in the uh, Pacific, uh, where I'm at, and if you're in Pacific Standard Time, about four in the morning. And a full moon under Libra means that the spotlight is on the scales. The spotlight is on balance and beauty. I have, oh, I don't know, I think six planets in my natal chart in Libra. Um, and what I know that that means for me is that I I tend to prioritize beauty. I need things to look beautiful. Aesthetics are important to me. Um, you know, not so much in a, a vanity type way, but particularly in my environment. I need my environment to um, to have some aesthetic beauty, to be surrounded in beauty. And I have a terrible time making decisions. <laughs> because I can see both sides of everything so clearly. So when the full moon is in Libra, the the spotlight is on relationship and partnership issues. So, you know, activities where you are teaming with somebody or, you know, doing something in a group um, is highlighted, Um, you know, Uh, starting to understand what half of a relationship you are responsible responsible for, what somebody else is responsible for. Um, This can be a good time to examine that. And because we're at the, the, the peak in our cycle, we're at this full moon, this could be a really great time to think about those intentions that you planted at the new moon and see, you know, what, what is balanced and beautiful about this harvest? what's really balanced and beautiful about what came about my intentions and um, 
you know, what is, uh, you know, really not working here. This is not really a good time to directly confront somebody. <laughs> um, this is the time when not only do we crave crave fairness in our own life, but, you know, we want to be treated fairly as well. So this is a, a really good time, really good time to um, put some value forth on uh, balance and fairness, um, and again, on beauty. And as we talk about beauty, this kind of leads just wonderfully into our next uh, big holiday that's coming up on Beltane. And Beltane is going to happen on, well, the eve of Beltane is May 1st. And it's going to happen before I get another podcast out. And this, you know, this is the kind of the marker in the year that we officially kind of move from winter to summer. So in some ancient Celtic traditions, there were only two seasons. There was winter and there was summer. And Beltane kind of marked that, okay, we are now in summer and winter is fading away. Although I think the clouds here in the Pacific North, Northwest have um, something different to say about that. But um, this is the time of uh, that we celebrate the mystic union, that we celebrate that plants are in their full bloom, their, their full beauty. You know, and if we take that also metaphorically, this can also mean kind of that, that feminine, feminine beauty in all of her lushness, all of her just um, all of her lushness sprouting forward. So it's a time of celebration. It's a time of sensuality. You know, I know that I go outside right now and there's so much blooming that it's just, uh, it's just a delight to my senses. There's, it just smells good. It is beautiful. Even my little son is, look at the flowers. You know, my two and a half year old is pointing out all the flowers because they're just gorgeous. So this is a time to really indulge your senses, to allow yourself to roll on the grass, to, you know, I had my, I was barefoot yesterday out on my grass and, you know, to feel sensation of the natural world in your body, to indulge sensuality and sexuality as well, um, and to, to celebrate all of that. So I hope you have a lovely Beltane celebration. Um, and there are plenty of resources to help you figure out, too, if there are any rituals that you might um, uh, do for your family um, or for yourself. Before I forget, let me thank all of my Patreon supporters. Without your support, none of this work would be able to happen. So thank you for supporting uh, this work of this podcast and all of the free content that I put out in the world. Patreon is a place where you can support all of the free content uh, that you have access to every day and where others in this community of highly sensitive magical people have access to that. So by supporting this work on Patreon, you're also supporting your community of other highly sensitive magical people who may or may not have the same financial resources as you. So thank you so much for your donations. A little update on personal stuff, since that seems to be um, a favorite of folks who I hear from. Let's see. I think last time I told you that I'd been introverting really hard, <laughs> which is it's definitely true. Um, and, uh, you, you know, in the last podcast came out of that, this concept of signs and synchronicities. 
And I've been continuing to follow my signs and synchronicities to track them, to notice them, to notice what actions I feel compelled to take from those signs and synchronicities. And I'm finding that it's leading me deeper and deeper down um, what I might call a mystical shamanic path, um, which is excuse me, which is really interesting, um, because it's not a path I ever thought that I would take. Um, And so it it's, uh, so for example, the things that I'm um, feeling really drawn to these days are, um, I'm learning the runes and being in the the space of runic magic and divination um, is just a lovely space to be in. I'm also on a pretty you know, steep learning curve, and I'm basically learning a new language. So it it does also activate my brain states. Um, uh, So I'm in kind of that world of Norse magic and divination and stepping into the world of Norse shamanism, um, with the help of my guides. Um, I've also been reading Ellen Tompkins, The Silver Wheel, which is just captivating, and I feel such an affinity with her information. And I am hopeful that I could get her on this podcast. We shall see. Um, but that um, that information has really captivated my attention because it, it resonates so deeply. And so I find myself dreaming in these places. I find myself journeying in these places. And what's happening in my... Um, outer world, I guess this is still kind of part of my inner world, but as I look at the things that I have been teaching and have been doing, I'm realizing that so much of this needs to be transformed. And so I just want to start planting that seed that as has happened in the past, my work is going to continue to evolve. What I offer in the world is going to continue to evolve and grow as I continue to evolve and grow. Um, And so I just want to, you know, plant that seed, one, so that you're prepared if things are to shift, and two, so that if you are, you know, have a rocking, I'm not saying that mine is this, but if you have like a rocking business or something that you really identify with in the world and you start to feel it shifting and changing, that's okay. That's what happens when we're living a magical spiritual life is that we are being guided Um, And as we listen to and act upon that guidance, our lives become more and more magical, I think. Um, Sometimes a little bit confusing as well. Um, Getting, I feel like I, you know, as we talk about intuition, I feel like I get, you know, one piece at a time, which is not satisfying to my mind, but my spirit knows is um, in the right place. So I hope this all makes sense. I feel like I'm rambling. But... All of this to say, um, I've been on quite a journey, and I was very clear at the beginning of this year that it felt like a learning year to me. I really felt like this was going to be my year to be a student again, and that has very much come to pass so far. I mean, I guess it's only almost May, but that has come to pass, and there's something... um, really lovely about that. I've been in the position of being a teacher and uh, for for the last several years. And while I've been learning in that time, there's something about really stepping outside of my comfort zone, allowing myself to be a beginner, to make mistakes, to not know, that has been really satisfying on some level. 
Um, and so if you've been looking forward to certain programs of mine that I've offered in the past and you're not seeing them pop up again, know that programs are coming, but they're going to look different because I'm getting more information about how those programs need to be created. And I have some things in the works. Speaking of programs, though, I've got two for you. Okay, so I've decided to offer an energy healing one day intensive because I had past students knocking on my inbox and saying, hey, I really want to take energy healing from you. And I was looking at the course as I'd done it before. I'd done it as a four or eight week course, and I um, didn't feel confident doing it that way for a very variety of reasons. And so I am offering a one day energy healing intensive on May 28th which is a Tuesday at my home, southeast of Seattle. And if you have taken spiritual hygiene or sensitive self-defense from me, or if you were one of those who bought the Capability online program back in the day when I offered that, you are eligible to take this online intensive. If you have not taken those pre- or not online intensive, sorry, one day intensive. So if you have not taken those prerequisites, but you're like, oh my gosh, Anna, I want to come to your home and I want to learn energy healing from you, get in touch with me. We can catch you up between now and then with a couple of one-on-one sessions from me. I'll post the links to that in the show notes, the links to schedule, the links to get more information about those courses, that course. And I would love to have you. It's going to be a small group. Um, I'm limiting it to um, under 10 students. I really want it to be a small group uh, to learn from. We're going to get lots of hands-on experience. It's going to be a fabulous day. Secondly, and this follows off of the conversation that I'm having, that I'm sharing with you today with Claire Mack, is that I'm going to be teaching a one-hour, $25 online course on intuitive oracle card reading. This just sounded really fun to do, and I wanted to be able to share how I read oracle cards. So I've been um, offering recently just started offering what I call burning question, which is a one question that you uh, email to me when you sign up and I get back to you within three business days, 72 hours. um, And I pull usually three oracle cards and I um, type in my interpretation. And they have been awesome. I've just gotten such awesome feedback from people, people I've never met in person that I'm pulling cards for, um, and I still haven't met in person. And it's been so, so fun. And the feedback that I've gotten is that um, there's something different about when I pull cards than when, um, say, you know, somebody else pulls cards, for example. And the feedback I've gotten from um, practitioners is that my intuition along with the cards is really potent. I want to teach you how to do that. So we are going to um, get together, you if you are interested, to for one hour on Friday, May 10th. Hold on, let me make a click and make sure that that's correct. Yes, Friday, May 10th. Um, noon Pacific Standard Time online, $25. And if the price, if the, um, if that price is a problem, email me, we can work it out. Um, and I would love you to be there. The only thing that you need to have is an Oracle deck. 
Um, and if you don't have one, you can uh, get one off of my website. And if you um, buy the class, I'll give you a small discount on the Oracle deck. And I sell, I sell the Illuminated Earth Oracle deck by Claire on my website. So I would love it if you wanted to come and play intuitively with me and a fun deck of cards that is uh, your choice, the deck, of, the deck of your choice. I'll put all of this in the show notes because I can't wait to share it with you. Let me introduce Claire. Claire is such a bright soul. Claire Mack is a painter and a mixed media artist who specializes in creating symbolic art for healing, comfort, and connection. In 2016, she began working on a series of paintings that eventually became the Illuminated Earth Oracle, a 63-card divination deck that encompasses the beauty and mystery of the natural world and its relationship with the human spirit. Her inspiration as an artist comes from over 30 years of practice, along with a great love of nature, psychology, and metaphysical studies. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Claire. When I look at these images, the first thing that comes to my mind, and when I look at these images and I see your Instagram account, which is like so beautiful, <laughs> so beautiful. Um, I wonder, like, can you tell me about your connection to the natural world? Like how that started for you? And, you know, what, what's the story behind your connection to the natural world? Because clearly you're very connected. <laughs> yeah, well, I was born in LA in Southern California in the Valley and um, grew up with like a not actually just for my first few years I spent my outdoor time around a concrete swimming pool which was fun but I remember that occasionally my dad would take me to these little special places around LA where there was green and and little flowing water and ferns and things like that and I just loved it it was so magical to me it was it was like I was going to a different world that I really really belonged in um so there was that, and then uh, later I moved to the Pacific Northwest, to Bellingham, Washington, and we lived right up against the woods, and I would just go into the woods every day after school or whatever by myself, and I remember having a tree that I climbed, and I would just sit in that tree and look out over the woods and watch how it changed, you know, with the seasons, and it was just that, that was my happy place. That's awesome. Did yeah. you, this is like, this is an, a self-indulgent question for myself, but did you have like imaginary friends who like only lived in the trees in the forest? <laughs> I don't know if I had imaginary friends, but I could really, I felt like the actual plants and, you know, just the foliage and all that, that those were my friends. Like there's a certain time of year, it's actually right now, like right before Easter where the woods will fill up the forest floor fills up with this carpet of green like um some kind of a lily that comes up and i just it was so magical i remember so connecting to that um and then just incidentally there was a peacock two peacocks that lived um in my neighborhood and they just roamed from house to house and there was an empty lot across the street from me that had tall grass and I don't remember what the season was, but whenever they would start molting, 
the peacock, the male peacock would leave the long, beautiful feathers and they'd just be sticking up out of the grass. It was so amazing. It was like, oh my God, it's like the best Easter egg hunt ever. <laughs> oh my gosh, that sounds magical. <laughs> yeah, really magical. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. So yeah, your connect so your connection to nature started really early is kind of what I'm yeah. what I'm hearing. And what about your like like art? Like how did that come out for you? So you you work as a professional artist. Mm-hmm. Correct. That's that's not always easy to pull off. How did that happen for you? <laughs> it's not easy to pull off. And I haven't this is actually the first time in my life since I created the Oracle deck that I've been living like completely as an artist, um, you know, not with, uh, I mean, I have supplemental income, but I'm not having to do a side job at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, and it's great. It's different because right now it's, there's a lot of business stuff, which, you know, any small business owner <laughs> knows how tedious that can be and how much time it takes up. But, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, it's, it's good. Uh, I just realized yesterday, I might be rambling here, but <clears throat> speaking of childhood, one of the things that I loved as a child was to take my watercolor paints and like just put color all over a piece of paper and fold it in half and then, you know, open it up and see what happened. Uh -huh. And I'm actually doing that again. Like that's kind of how I'm creating art these days with this just really intuitive, um, playful, like just put the colors down and see what happens. And so, yeah. That's, that brought up such a memory for me because I had forgotten about those. But now as you say that, I'm like, I know there was a time when, you know, I'm sure I learned that or I know my mom taught it or whatever, but yeah, it was so fun to do that. Yeah. That's, oh, that, what a lovely memory. And you can never ramble too much here. Don't worry <laughs> about that. <laughs> so you, you've made this Oracle deck. I'm curious then, you, you know, you talked about how you're making art now, um, kind of out of your intuition. I'm curious, you're like, I don't know if I want to call it a journey or you're, um, you know, how you've partaken in the intuitive world and the magic world. I mean, clearly you were connected to nature, but you know, what's, what's that been like for you? Just that, that development of, of, you know, spirituality or intuition or magic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Again, another thing that I've always felt, um, really, really interested in, curious about um, spirituality. My mom sort of, she had a guru when I was little and went to India and kind of got into that. And I was aware of it, you know, I just, I was always interested in the supernatural and things like that. Um, and I've used a tarot deck for, I don't know, since I was a teenager. Um, and of course, art is just a natural for that world. It's like, that's where you explore the world that's beyond just what we see here in our everyday lives. And so um, I think spirituality has always been part of my art, even when I wasn't necessarily intending it to be so. I've had feedback from people where they tell me that there's the spiritual element or it reminds them of something that they've seen in a church or an altar or whatever. And um, 
which is great feedback for me because I think it shows that my that spiritual element is coming through, even if it's not something I'm consciously thinking about. Um, and then I always wanted to do a tarot deck, which seemed really, really complicated and difficult. And I made a few attempts at it earlier in life, but it, it didn't, I never completed it. And um, then a few years ago, I started thinking about it again and started to join forces with another woman who is very skilled at tarot and we were going to work on the deck together and she was going to write, you know, and I would do the art. And um, after about six months, it just seemed like it wasn't going to work out for us to do it together. So I decided to keep doing the art I was doing and turn it into an Oracle deck. And, and that really was, uh, a whole new experience because I think at that point the art just started flowing just flowing 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 through me I didn't even think about this is going to be this card or that card or any of that it was just really like just full-on do the art and see what happens I love that so I think you said your oracle deck it says it's like 63 cards did you know it was going to be that much or is it just the art flowed until it stopped <laughs> That's it. It flowed until it stopped. And actually, I didn't include every piece in the deck. There were a few that I just decided I, I didn't care for that much. So, um, yeah. And I, the number 63, I don't know, for some reason, 639, all those numbers, it's like, that seemed like a good number. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, those are very auspicious numbers. I mean, and they have been, I, you know, I, I've been studying some ancient Norse and those numbers are, um, were auspicious back then too. So they're very, you know, historical. Yeah. So it sounds, you know, it sounds like too, what you were talking about, the feedback, you know, from your work that you really are tapping into something, you know, something that is speaking to people and like how lovely to be a channel for that, that we get to, you know, uh, that cons I mean, consumes the wrong word, but enjoy this art and feel something stirring within us as well. Mm -hmm. And when you drew, did the actual pieces, how large are the actual pieces? Because I think I've seen some of them for sale on your website. Yeah, the pieces that have the people, the figures in them are a little bit larger. They're um, generally about two to three feet um, and they're on wood panels. And then all of the other work, almost all of it is smaller, about 11 by 14, and it's on paper. Mm. Um, and it was, I discovered this paper, it's actually Tyvek, which is, I don't know if you know what that is, but they use it to um, put on, when they're building houses, it's like a um, protective covering they put on so the rain doesn't get in. So it's uh -huh. actually kind of a plasticky, thing and it has this really unique texture that when I put the washes of paint on it shows through so that was kind of a new thing which was really fun. Yeah because there I mean anyone when you look at these images there are so many layers to them I mean that's one of the things that just strikes me about your art as I just I feel there's so much depth to it the depth of the materials is incredible. Oh yeah thanks um yeah, so lots of layering of colors and then collage. That's another thing I love to do. 
I also started working with marbled paper. I'd never done that before, but I thought, oh, I'm just going to play with it. And that was so much fun, just like putting the paint in the water and then the sheet of paper on top and peeling it off to see how it turned out. And that was one of the most fun things that I did in this project. I loved it. Oh, that is fantastic. This has been the only... I've, I like I have a relationship with this deck. I mean, you were talking a little bit earlier about having a relationship with the plants and animals. And I mean, I'm very much an animist. Um, but th- this is the first deck of cards that felt like it chose me rather than I chose it. Yeah, and, that's right. And I think I've I've said this on the podcast before, but I was um, shopping at our local herb shop actually for um, so Dandelion Botanical company um actually for holiday gifts solstice gifts and um christmas gifts for for people and i was getting gifts for others but this deck just there was something about it it just wanted to jump into my hands and i said okay i'm taking this for me (laughs) this will come home for me and i mean the images they speak so much and they they um work with my intuition so well Um, i've never I mean, you have a lovely guidebook, but I've never had to use it because the images speak so loudly to me. And this deck is fascinating to me too, because it will tell me when it needs to come into a reading. That's awesome. Yeah, that started happening where I'm giving just a clairvoyant intuitive reading and the deck will be like, I I have something to say. And my clients are just amazed by the polls that come out of here. Wow, you that's know. so nice. I'm so yeah. happy to hear that. Yeah, I mean, each card has such a significant energy of itself, you know, that when I'm pulling, I mean, I tend to go through and, you know, really feel for the card that is next. And they, they all have a very, speci- very, you know, specific energetic blueprint. Yeah, well, I'm sure they are in sync with you as well you know with the reader and and you in particular in this case it seems like you have a relationship with them that Mm -hmm. um, really works and that's so lovely to hear you know as an artist it's always good to have feedback like that Mm -hmm. Um, and especially with a project like this that's so intuitive Um, but yeah when I was making them actually when I completed the deck and was thinking about you know marketing and all that I just which is a little intimidating for me. I just felt like this deck already exists. It has been in existence. It wants to be, it brought itself to life. And so it's just my job to kind of get it out there. And that helped me, you know, with the the hard parts of the marketing and all that. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I I do believe like there is a spirit to it, whatever that means. Exactly. Well, and that's such beautiful trust, you know, and such beautiful faith in the process too, which is so important um, with these types of endeavors, you know, Mm -hmm. particularly for those of us who are tuned in and fairly introverted that the idea of having to market and draw attention. And um, I I always find those things that the most difficult for me um, as well. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about these symbols that, so each card has this beautiful kind of golden 
um, border. And then you have these different symbols um, on the tops of the card that kind of look like a half moon or a star. Um, and I know you can read about these in the booklet, but I'm curious about these symbols, how they came to you, what they mean. Yeah, I um, was working on the design element. After I did the art, you know, I wanted to do the border design and I felt like just wanted to put a little bit of an indicator. Um, and so, you know, I honestly can't remember how I came up exactly with those symbols, but it felt right to sort of do like the, the positive and negative, um, which, and you, you know, if you have the book that when I say positive and negative, it just is kind of um, implying one side of a, a whole. It's not that one thing is bad, another thing is good. It's, it's like the yin and yang symbol where um, both exist at the same time and we might just have a perception of something being positive or negative. Um, and then uh, I honestly, I, I don't have the book with me right now and I can't remember <laughs> what I said about, but I know one of them, like the ones with the people cards um, relate to the human, um, the injection of like the human experience within this whole system. And then there's um, another one, I think that's a wholeness. And yeah, I, mm -hmm. yep. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's wonderful. I love that. And the other question I had too is like, so you make this art, when did you attach the words? Did that come at the border process and how did that come about? The words came after the art. I, I really <clears throat> basically created all the art, you know, at once. And then I went back through and I sat, you know, for probably at least a couple of weeks, just going through every single piece of art and letting it come to me what that word was going to be. Like that was a very intuitive part. It was also really hard because I don't consider myself a writer. Mm. Um, so the word and then writing the description of each piece was challenging and you know if it wasn't for that intuitive part I don't know that I could have done it like I really had to just sit still and let that come to me. I just I just love that and I just love that we're describing you know you're describing this incredible intuitive process in which you put so much trust that allowed for this beautiful thing to be put into the world because I think so many times what I hear from people is they're kind of saying well what should my what should my thing be what should my service be what should I put and so often they're being asked to wait because it's unclear. And so they're being like, that's a signal, right? We're being asked to wait. Mm -hmm. And I love that you were able to wait until that, you know, that flow or the word or whatever came to you um, and, and, you know, see what comes out of that creation of intuition. Oh yeah. And I mean, I'm that person too, that all my life has been saying, what should I do? What should I do? You know, <laughs> what, nope. what is it? And then, you know, finally coming to that point where I don't know how much is consciousness again. It's more like I'm gracefully being led to um, do these things. 
Mm-hmm. So. Well, but the fact that you're trusting that, right? That you're exactly, trusting yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, that's huge. I think that so many of us wait to have the the faith or to get rid of the doubt or the um, fear or whatever it is in our way, listening to those yeah. things. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I'm curious, do you use your own cards for divination and oracle? Yes, I do. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was reluctant at first. It's funny because I was like so close to them that it felt weird to, you know, I knew every card by heart. I've been through every card so many times in the creation process and, um, it was almost like if I was going in with some kind of inquiry, my mind would tell me what card I would get because I knew. <laughs> but I've been able to let that go. And um, yeah, I, I've actually had really good experiences with them. And I've had such good feedback too, which is just so amazing, you know, from people I don't know as well as friends telling me that they got the perfect card. And uh, yeah, so I've I've had a good experience myself with them. Yeah. Oh, that's so good that you were able to make something that is for you also. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I've been giving um, little free readings. I now have an oracle reading on my website that's just for I use um, these with, and people are always so stoked with them. I mean, oh. maybe the people who are, who are not giving me feedback are not very stoked, but the people who do give me feedback, they are just so happy um, with these card readings. And I, you know, I mean, I, I know that I have some skills, but I think there's just really something to this deck that's just so, so special. Oh, yeah, that's great. Yeah. And so you, you're using your Oracle deck. Are you still reading tarot? Uh, yes, I acquired a couple new tarot decks along the way. It's hard not to. There's so many amazing ones coming out now by independent artists. And um, yeah, I do still read tarot for myself occasionally. Um, my favorite, like my all-time favorite tarot deck was the Aquarian Tarot. Um, I don't know if you've heard of that one, but it's an older one. And I think it's one my mom gave me you know, when I was growing up. And so I've used that all my life. It's got these kind of uh, art deco, beautiful illustrations. It's, it's really pretty. Very 70s. <laughs> oh, nice. Awesome. I have only read a very, very small amount of tarot. So I do not consider myself a tarot reader. Mm-hmm. I think I've always gotten to the technicalities and then um, given up. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I really respect those who can read the tarot. <laughs> well, I have to admit, it's not its not something I know by heart. I still go to the guidebook every time I draw a card because it is a complex system. And I really admire people who have really studied it in depth and they know what they're doing. That's not me. But yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I just appreciate the system and, and the art and all that. So Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm curious, like what, what, um, do you have like wishes or hopes for this deck? Like, what are you like hoping for it or, or, or do you? Hmm, yeah, I, at the moment, my main hope is just to continue to get it out there, to put it into the world. Um, I'm actually going to start a Kickstarter for a second printing because I'm, I'm selling through the decks pretty steadily and 
Um, the first printing originally, it was really complex and there were some issues that came up. And so I'm going to redo it. It's not going to be a different edition. It'll be the same edition, but I'm just printing it somewhere else and hoping that I have a little, a little better luck with some issues that happened the first time. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm going to have more of them out there and hope to be, you know, continue to sell them and, and just get them out in the world. I've had a lot of international sales. I would be really lovely if I could get them somehow distributed in Europe or in other countries. I've had some requests for that, but um, it's just complicated and international mm. shipping and all that. But, mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I'm also creating a second deck, so... You are? Yeah. <laughs> That'll probably be a couple years off, but... <laughs> okay, well, you're going to have to come back on and tell us all about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when you create it, I can't wait. Yeah. Really exciting. So you have a beautiful Instagram account. Do you, are you going to post sneak peeks about that deck, or are you going to keep that on the down low? Um, actually, I already have some of the artwork I've posted. I'm not saying this is for a second deck. I'm not committing yet, but uh -huh. um, I'm just posting artwork as I create it. So mm. some of them are already on there. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. How fun. Well, so I always ask this to everyone. Don't feel like you're on the spot. But <laughs> as we kind of wrap up here, the thing I like to ask people is, you know, to our audience of highly sensitive, empathic, you know, magical folks, what's the one thing that you would just like them to know? I guess, I, you know, we, we hear this all the time, um, but it's true to really follow your heart and your dreams and don't give up. Um, it just sounds cliche, you know, it's kind of old, but um, I think really, like, I have to say, none of this has been easy for me. I, my life has, is good in so many ways, and yet it feels really difficult in a lot of ways, and I struggle a lot, and I think the, the most important thing is to just keep going, you know, no matter what your challenges are just keep trying just put your intention there and just keep keep doing what you love and you know something good is going to come out of it thanks again for listening to the show all of the show notes links and references can be found at www.sensitivityuncensored.com if you'd like to read more about high sensitivity or intuition sign up for my mailing list book an intuitive reading with me or learn about my membership or school please visit my website at www.sensitivityuncensored.com